And I stroop waffle. My name is Keen. And I'm back to clog up your ear holes. I'm James. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Welcome back to Sissy That Pod. This is the Kiki, our kind of midweek little bits and pieces uh, where we kind of, you know, we flex the format. We delve out into the further world of Drag Race and see what, what comes to us. This week we are chatting to GJ and Marco, who are the hosts of the unofficial, but maybe soon to be official podcast of Drag Race Netherlands slash Holland. Ooh, there's some scalding hot tea. They know all the tea. They know when it's airing. They know who's on it. Um, yeah, they're font information. They're in the know. It made me feel like, God, I do not do near enough um, snooping or sleuthing for, for Sissy That Pod. I'd like to think, though, if there was a Drag Race Ireland, we'd know as much as they would know. I don't think we would. Okay. <laughs> but I'd like to <laughs> think we would. Yeah, I, we I like to think we would as well. <laughs> Good, but we're on the same page. <laughs> so they host a podcast called Prukendijk, I think, which is like wake time in Dutch. But don't worry, you can find them at Drag Race Podcast on Instagram. And yes, we are livid that we don't have that name. Absolutely. They've also um, assured that they are going to be doing a episode in English so yeah. that you can have a listen and see what you think of their take on the Dutch version yeah, of but, the show. Sure, but until then, they've this is all the tea that we know that they've shared with us, yes. so you can hear them now. So welcome to the podcast, GJ and Marco. GJ and Marco, thank you so much for joining us all the way over in Amsterdam. We've gone international. Yeah, exciting. Let's start with you, GJ. What's drag like in the Netherlands? I think uh, drag has gotten a lot more experimental here over the last couple of years. It's gotten a lot away from the standard, you know, sequin dress, do a Diana Ross song, uh, wear a cute wig and go. I think it's gotten a lot more experimental. It's playing a lot more on gender, but it's it's still a very tight, small community of, of, of queens and performers. It's the same as in, I was in Dublin last year and uh, Victoria took mm-hmm. me out to the George and within two days, I know basically every drag queen that's there. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of that same way here, uh, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and Marco, where would you say the best place in the Netherlands is for drag? Mm, I don't know, it's hard. I mean, my favorite place, for for example, is Taboo in the Regeliersdwarsstraat, which is like the gay street of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like every Wednesday. I mean, if we're allowed again, but then I'm there too. And it's like the smallest space ever. There's like, yeah, the, there's people literally packing at the door. You don't fit in anymore, like literally, but it's amazing. I mean, for me personally. Yeah, it's, it's basically doing drag in uh, the Harry Potter apartment under the stairs. That's yeah. basically what <laughs> so small but that's but, but that's basically what amsterdam especially in amsterdam drag is like because you know our venues are very small we don't yeah we don't intimate. we don't have a, a, a space or a venue by the size of you know heaven or some of the venues in manchester or yeah. even the, the georgian dublin it's like we don't have those huge stages so you get the girls have to get a little more creative here in smaller spaces there's no stages at all there's like no not even a stage it's always like a on the floor or like a, something <laughs> we just put somewhere and moved a few tables yeah. out of the way <laughs> it's like oh three beer crates put a plank on top that's it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And how have the like the community, both drag and queer, kind of been reacting to the news that there is a drag race Netherlands? Well, I think I think you know a lot of people knew this was coming. I think, um, yeah. uh, especially within the queer and drag community, this has been a, 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 a very badly kept secret for a while. Because okay. to give you a little bit of an idea, the Dutch producers have had the rights to the format for five years, and this is kind of their third or fourth attempt at getting it off. You know, getting oh, it wow. made. And they finally found a broadcaster who's been able to do it. Um, so, you know, there's been queens who've been talking to these producers for four or five years about, you know, finding out what Judge Drag is like or finding queens who could maybe, you know, host or produce or be cast. Um, but a lot of people are happy about it. I think I think one of the things that was a little bit weird, and I think Marco can, can speak a little more to this, is that there wasn't an open casting call. Oh, okay. So it was hand-picked or hand-selected. Yeah, it was hand-picked. I mean, there was more than uh, the queens now selected. So there were some auditions, but not there was not like an open call, like everybody could come in or enter. And there were also some angry queens uh, messages about this. Yeah, queens who were like, yeah, you're forgetting about us. And what about this queens? And I saw some people on Facebook who were like, why wasn't it an open call? That's not fair. And even people, when we went online, people thought we were like the official page for it. <laughs> and people messaged us like, you forgetting all the queens from this and this and from way back who, who paved the way. And we were like, like we're not. don't shoot the podcasters. You know? <laughs> I think that, that was kind of something that a lot of the Dutch queens were sometimes a little iffy yeah. about, about the fact that not everyone was asked to participate. But, you know, in the end, they scaled it down to when I'm hearing 20 to 16 queens mm-hmm. who all had their final audition way back in March. Um, because the interesting thing is this was supposedly, from what I've heard, supposedly okay. going wow. to take back to back with Track Race UK season two. Right. Okay. So because, you know, then the World of Wonder team would have been over anyway. Mm. Then it's only a small ride across the channel with the Eurostar now. And then they would have gone to see the, the first not completely full non-English version of Drag Race off but then of course miss rona happened and things got jumbled around and then even the dutch productions been pushed back two or three times one time even supposedly um so that rue could do all the rue mails just like she's done yeah. in canada oh, okay so she is doing the rue mails for the show from what we've heard she's definitely doing the room so we'll definitely see her there we're not sure if she's doing what she did in canada where she's also doing the voice providing mm. voiceovers yeah, you know, it's probably good that, she, you know, in some way, we were kind of talking about this before we recorded, that Drag Race UK was just basically, here are the things that RuPaul likes about the UK. If RuPaul was doing it, the whole show would probably just be, here are the things that RuPaul likes about Amsterdam, which would all probably just be like weed references and stuff, and you'd yeah. be really frustrated. <laughs> I think not having her as a host gives a bit of freedom to the format, and I think that's what we're seeing with Drag yeah. Race Canada, and I think that'll be very good, because it'll allow it to be more representation, represent more about what the actual scene is in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to tell us a bit about who the host is, who the judges are, from what you know, from your ear to the ground over there? Yeah, I think the, the, the most important thing is that unlike Canada, we're not seeing guest hostage. We're seeing one main mm-hmm. main host slash okay. judge. Um, his name is Fred van Leer. He's a Dutch. He's mostly known, basically, I would describe him as basically a Dutch version of Gok Wan. Oh, so okay. A stylist who then became a host. He's yep. now, the he's been a gay nightlife, a queer nightlife. Uh, icon for years in Rotterdam, or one of our biggest cities, which is hosting Eurovision next year. Um, and he's been the host of the Dutch version of Say Yes to the Dress, for example. Okay. And he has his own fashion line with, with some, some brands. But he used to be a drag queen in the 90s in some big queer mm. clubs. 
And that's, I think, a side that even when Marco and I were recently talking to a lot of drag queens or other gay people who responded to our first episode of our podcast, we're like, he did that because they're they kind of, because he can sometimes veer towards, I think, what might be perceived as the, way, the same way Rylan is perceived, yeah. where for some people he's, he's very openly himself and some people really identify with that and other people think of some sort of feminine, jokey stereotype, yes, yeah. hysterical stereotype. Um, so that's been, I think, for Marco and I, the greatest defense going, but wait a second, he's the only one who's been a drag queen on proper gay stages. Like we, as we say, he knows about the lashes and the heels. He's not just been, because we have other gay, um, gay hosts here, but at least, at least one of them, for example, just kind of like this Dutch version of Little Britain where they're taking the Mickey out of basically everyone and anyone who's a celebrity in, in the Netherlands and, and beyond. Um, but he only does drag for TV. So he's never been, you know, on a gay mm. bar on Monday night doing, a, okay, doing yeah. a song and going like, well, that's fucked yeah. up. So I think that's been happening. And then I think Marco and I also know one of our steady judges, which is actually one of his BFFs. Right, Marco? Oh, you, you mean uh, Nikki or not? Yes. Nikki and then not tutorials, but Nikki Plessis. Okay. Uh, and which we know from the, I don't know if you know her fashion line, which is also called Nikki. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, She's the she's like a well a fashion designer and she she's sitting next right to him as the Dutch Michelle Michelle Fassage. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, she's gonna. But I for, for me still, I mean, she's like a fashion thing, but I don't know her performance. Mm. So, what, so what more like a Santino Rice than a than a Michelle. Yeah, more than a, I think Michelle. Yeah. I mean, for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think also with her, she's not had a, a unlike Michelle or you know even a, a Stacey McKenzie in the U, U.S up in Canada, has had a proven track record being an LBGD ally, yeah. as in, or, or having that connection the way, you know, Michelle clearly has that with the ballroom scene and having a long yeah. She's She's more cast as in, she's had, a, I think, a 15-year friendship with Fred, the host. Oh, okay. So it's, and she has her own fashion line, and she's notoriously worked with Kate Moss recently uh, as well. So I think she's being pulled in for the fashion yeah. aspect and less for the... I know what you're doing. Yeah, gotcha. And then there's Sana as well, is she? Yeah, she's been a bit of a mystery for us. Uh, we know she's in the first episode, that's for sure. She's definitely okay. a host. Uh, she's definitely a judge. And she's a comedian. Episode. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. know her from watching V is the Mole, which for uh-huh. um, <laughs> people who aren't Dutch, I guess, uh, is a reality yeah. TV show where celebrities have to compete for money but one of them is the saboteur saboteur inner saboteur yeah and yeah. Yeah. there's this lady from the hague who translates the episodes on youtube and me and my boyfriend and my friend are obsessed <laughs> nice. oh. yeah she was she was notoriously i think for her that was a big branching out into the, 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 the greater audience she's been known as a comedian and someone who's been on shows that i think would compare to you like what i like to mm-hmm. you uh, have i got news for you uh, that kind of stuff she's been on those kind of shows as well and that was her big branching out, especially because she took a more, I wouldn't say negative, but critical approach to these hysterical other celebrities. Like, oh my God, we're playing this game. And she was like, I'm just not dealing with this. <laughs> okay. um, and I think that translated to a lot of people on TV. Uh, but she did an interview, I think it was like a year or two back, where her daughter actually turned her on to Drag Race because her daughter yeah. was such a okay. fan of the show. And she then spoke very brilliantly about it and mostly about the fact that it was showcasing the width of queer lives and not and so she was not only hooked on to the, the, the performance aspect of it but mostly also to the, the storytelling stories in the community yeah. sense yeah human vulnerability so i think yeah so i'm i'm hoping she's there for the whole season because that would be something i think it would be a nice three-way 
yeah with fred and he no, and sana i think it would depends. be a full on something yeah. it would balance it quite well as you'd have a performer yeah. you'd have a person with drag experience and also the hosting experience and then you'd have someone who's looking at it from the fashion perspective um i think yeah, you need exactly. that balance because i don't know i suppose there's a lot of talk at the moment around the drag race canada judging panel and how they're sort of just questions around you know Jeffrey. jeffrey's place on that <laughs> and like whether he has whether he brings it would it be better to have someone who had different skills that were more related to the drag field and i suppose like if you have those three together it could it could tie quite nicely a few queens that are rumored because there's no official confirmation yet is that right yeah um no. so we won't get into all of them because i also you know drag is a visual format it's best to kind of you know go find them on instagram and stuff but starting with you marco is there one in particular that if they are on the show you'd be very excited to see them? i mean one of my best friends is maybe on the show I mean, Can't confirm. maybe <laughs> maybe on the show she didn't tell me anything <laughs> um but um if she's on the show i would be so happy it's abby oh my god and i've known her now for like i think two okay. years and um i would be i mean i would be so thrilled for her i mean i've watched so much of her show so i would be and so how happy. would you describe her like if there was a u.s queen that you could kind of compare it to the Oh my god! I don't. Um, I think she's a mix between. She's, I think, in a very high energy Valentina, Ooh. maybe because she. No, no, I see Kaye looking like what the fuck. No, no, I'm, no, but I'm, she's I'm a, wondering what the second one is because I was thinking Valentina too, but that's because she's Latin. Okay. Yeah, no, but because the the way she talks, she's very like, oh my god, I'm Emmy, oh my god, oh. Uh, she's Brazilian, right? She's Brazilian, exactly, yeah. but she, her her when she performs, it's like splits, jumps, whatever, and she shakes her ass like. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like high energy, Valentina. Mm-hmm. She's just not uh, not just standing there and smiling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might see you in the finale. So if there's a, if there's a crowd, you know, you're, you're yeah, team Abby. If she gets yeah. there, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And what about you, GJ? Oh, I think it's I think for me it's hard because I've worked with most of the queens. I've produced a lot of queer events and and nightlife events in in, in the Netherlands. So it's. It's, I've worked with a lot of them. I think I'm mostly excited for, um, if I'm, I'm picking two, actually, I'm going to cheat a little. I think one is definitely Sederjine because she's uh, actually Flemish, but she works a lot in the Netherlands. And she's very much known for her hysterical comedy stuff. I produced a theater drag event with her in a soul. And literally during rehearsal and during the night, she had me in stitches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally her doing a Celine Dion version of it's all coming back to me now and things go awry it's not it's, it's just, <laughs> okay and then the other one i'm really excited for is madam madness because i think uh, for what you may have also seen on instagram if you mm-hmm. that up, is that we're gonna get bearded drag yeah oh yeah i like that um, I know, like the 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 German drag iteration had a had a bearded queen, but this would be the first yeah. like RuPaul name above the door bearded queen. Yeah, and especially and especially because you know I think that scene has grown so much and has been so very vocal since the first time it happened. You know, where obviously you know milk didn't you know that was a thing, and then the next season there was a bearded runway. So I mm-hmm. think we're ready for it, and mm. for for an international version to maybe then influence the mothership, that'd be great. Yeah, there's also a drag king, right, Chelsea Boy. Chelsea yeah. Boy, it's kind of it's a gender bender drag performance okay. originally uh she was named chelsea brandy and that was more pure drag as in trying as in female impersonation chelsea boy is one of those uh, drag performers where you show up and you don't know what it's going to be in a good way it's going to be a finished look but it's either going to be punk rock or glamorous it's going to be one yeah. gender multiple genders non-binary you don't know what you're getting and that's really exciting so i'm very curious to see what um chelsea boy brought 
in the suitcase. To drag race, yeah. It's a good thing Michelle Visage isn't on the runway then because she'd be like, no, 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 but give me glamazon. No, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice beard. Where Here's the sequence. <laughs> yeah. I bought you a razor. It... The yeah. first episode, Jensen will come out like, you know, really high, gender yeah. fuck look. You say, okay, I got it. What else do you have? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. That, and I better be a sequin dress. Else. Yeah. I need to see, I need to see some versatility. Yeah. <laughs> How's your head? Stuff. As you know, Sister Pod is part of the Head Stuff Podcasting Network, which is in Ireland's biggest and boldest and brightest and most beautiful podcasting network, full of wonderful shows, which you can go and listen to. And right now, we've got a little ad from one of our network sisters. When it comes to understanding political issues, I am a self-confessed toddler. That's why I've enlisted the help of Steve, my politically savvy drinking buddy, to help me better understand politics. Every couple of weeks, we get together and record on topics like what is the politics of language, what is Watergate, how the internet is killing democracy. We take these big issues and we break them down into silly little comedic bite-sized bits. If you like the sound of that, then search for What Am Politics in your podcast app of choice or find us here on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Will there be a snatch game, do we think? Yeah. I think so. Who would be good Dutch celebrities to do? Now, one comes to mind, but controversial, would be Anne Frank. <laughs> I, well, we all know that Trixie, Trixie was going to. Yeah, one of them. But... So I don't know. Is it more sensitive over there or is it more sensitive in the US? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. definitely more sensitive over so here. not going to happen. I, no, I, on I the other hand, never had an issue with, and this is controversial for me, I never had an issue with the performance that Trixie did because I think it was very still on the educational side of that mm-hmm. friend, but I think Snatch Game, that's a no-no. I think yeah. um, I've heard some things kick around on, on what's going to happen. I think some of the girls are playing it very safe and are going, are thinking about, uh, you know, doing things that are more well-known worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny story, I think from what I've heard, the Queens didn't hear until like a week before the show started taping that it was going to air on WoW Presents. So I think that may have impacted their choices a little sure. of what they're doing. Mm, yeah exactly because it, it's from what i see there'll be english spanish and portuguese subtitles so like that's a massive exactly. audience that they'll have yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i i thought if someone did van gogh you could do an ear reveal like you cut off an ear and even another <laughs> ear underneath it like... that's a great one um i think personally for me i'd love to see someone um a, a bit more from like you know we've had some judge models who've grown to victoria's secret style mm. stuff like doubt to that would be great um, but I think on the other we might see some Dutch reality stars. And I yeah. think it would also, um, it wouldn't be a myth because, you know, obviously we're hosting Eurovision this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see some Eurovision references. I'd love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for a Eurovision musical. I don't care if it's yeah. in the Dutch one or the British one. I just want it. <laughs> Bring it on. I would love it. Oh my God. be so good. Yeah. You couldn't really do Duncan Lawrence for Eurovision. Who, who's more... I, more iconic. I would. I would think. I think you would go with either a Netta or a, you know one of the iconic oh, winners. Or oh, you can not necessarily Dutch. Or... Yeah, Conchita. I don't know. I'm thinking about who who is Dutch in Eurovision. Who who they who they could portray. Who is like worldwide people know. I don't know. So yeah, when does the show air? I, we. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I have some chew with that one. <laughs> well, no, basically, basically, it, it was announced uh, during Pride Weekend here. So, yeah, uh, we have Pride for us as a week, and it was announced during the first weekend. They said fall. So, from what we hear, hearing, we're basically having the Dutch version of what UK has the NTA, so the National Television Awards. Mm-hmm. Ours are in October. They're a huge gala at one of the most prestigious theaters of the Netherlands. 
for what we're hearing, they might want to get all 10 girls on that red carpet. Yeah. So they want to kind of launch during October, especially because it's for, so basically the show is being developed for video lump, which is basically the online streaming platform, streaming service of RTL, which is one of our two big commercial corporations for Dutch television. We basically have two, we have RTL and SBS. And it's basically being developed for their streaming platform. And they're premiering their new season of Love Island in two weeks. So we're kind of thinking that they're going to be working yeah. with that for over the next three, four weeks while they finish taping the season. And that around the beginning of September, we should probably get an announcement on the host officially and maybe a cast picture because then the whole show is wrapped. And then around October, it'll start airing. Okay. I mean, yeah, that sounds good. We, yeah. It'd be a decent break after Canada anyway. So, And of course, at that point, that was the originally airing spot for UK. Mm, so, yeah, World of Wonder now on World Wow Presents Plus also has a little bit of a gap that they need to fill. So, wouldn't be surprised if it goes into that kind of slot yeah. while we wait for more drag content. For the next cool. year. But it's, I think it's very exciting. I think they're, you know, they're still taping right now. Um, it's exciting. It's, it's it's the first completely non English version. Yeah, so the Thailand has Thailand. Yeah. Um. So here's a question. I was thinking about the dub, the Dublin scene and the the scene with you guys would be kind of similar in that like size. Yeah. How sustainable do you think a franchise is? this franchise would be over a couple of years? See, mm, I mean, the second year definitely would be doable because a lot of queens already was like where i also want to audition mm -hmm. and i'm curious about how many new queens will pop up after like we yeah. have a season of this because that of course is going to happen i mean now already you see a lot of new uh, guys and girls like pop up and be or starting out like club kids and then slowly going to drag or just mixing it up and i think a lot we have a lot of fans here as well so i think if we have one season of girls yeah i think after that it will be a lot of people who are like oh yeah. i also want to do this yeah yeah i think i think for me there's two things that i'm thinking about first of all i'm thinking about there was a lot of legendary queens which we have in the netherlands you know i think we have a, a, especially in the end of 80s early 90s we have a huge array of, of drag legends who are still performing where with you guys, it's basically, but you know, it's basically Dolly Griffin and the rest of the rest, <laughs> you know, she's the only one that, hey, who, you know, we have well. the most iconic queen in Europe with Panty Bliss. So you take that back. <laughs> but, but Panty is only 30 years old. So you know what I mean? Yeah, course, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Panty's part of that younger legacy. <laughs> no, so I think a lot of those queens were very hesitant to get on the show. They were like, I've already earned my spot. You know, mm -hmm. for example, last year we had our very own kind of Dutch version of Drag SOS, which was, you know, which was more on the we are, we're here side. So it was about, Bob, you know, the way Bob and people were yeah. just, mm. if, um, they take someone in. We had our Dutch version of that, which was with Envy Peru, Lady Galore, and um, Hope. You know, and, and for example, Galore just had, which is one of our biggest rising stars in the Netherlands of drag, you know, she's performed in, in, in Ireland and all over the world. She just had her own documentary premiere at like 12 film festivals around the world. Oh, wow. She, from what I've heard, said, I don't want to be in that first season. I want to see what this is like. I feel like I've, I've you know, accomplished so much already. Why throw that on the line and maybe go out first? Mm. So I think the sustainability is there. I, mm -hmm. think, I think we can definitely keep on going. But on the other hand, what I'm wondering is, you know, especially with what we've seen with the Canadian and the U.S. version, and maybe also with UK, is that the girls also that were on the show had an exponential growth to still make in the Dutch in their own local scenes in terms of being booked for more high-profile mm -hmm. gigs, you know, headlining things, doing sold-out tours. 
that's something that I don't really see happening in the Netherlands. So yeah. that's where I think the other part of the sustainability, that's the part of the sustainability I'm questioning. Where yeah. I think I'm, they'll get a lot yeah. more, you know, of the straight bookings and the, the straight bars and the, the, that kind of stuff. That might happen. But I, I mean, you know, yeah. the, the drag scene here is kind of small. Yeah. So you don't, yeah. where's the growth for their careers? After? Yeah. I mean, for me, I tried to organize a, a drag evening in a big theater for 500 people last year. And I booked five, uh, five 15 queens. 15, 13, I don't know. There was room for 1,500 or for 500 people and I sold like 100 tickets. So I couldn't even get like 100 people to this event. And a lot of, because I thought, okay, it's time. People are ready. I can get 500 people. Or at least I needed 350 to yeah. like, yeah. like to balance it out. And I couldn't even get 100 people to pay 1250 to come That's to this mad. evening. I was like, but then, but then again, you know, on the other hand, we've notoriously been part of this circle of tours with Club Kids and with Holy Tea, yep. where, you know, the last proper gig I saw was literally the Cock Destroyers and the Vivian. Yeah. It was literally in a sold out music venue that, you know, Casey Musgraves sells out. Mm. So it was insane. That was literally, so but there is a market. But is there, do you think that's a, sorry, there's a, a transition issue there where people who are fans of Drag Race aren't, aren't then supporting I suppose the local, the local, local queens fair. and perhaps yeah. when some of those local queens sort of elevate their um, elevate I suppose their notoriety it may then also bring people to see them so you would be selling out yeah. those other oh. venues with just homegrown half, talent half this Dutch cast has already you know been opening up for these big drag uh, drag race stars in clubs and, and tours in the Netherlands so you know it's not uh, that I think it also has to do with trust I think it has to do with this trust that seeing a local queen, on the other hand, you're trusting them to bring this kind of production for a big, big, big tour like yeah. this. And on the other hand, it's also this kind of commodity of she'll be back at Taboo next week and doing, yeah. you know, the same thing. <laughs> Why I got to pay 10 euros to see her? Yeah. That, that complacency is one of our biggest enemies in the Dutch yeah. drag scene. I'll see her perform on her beer crate next week in Taboo. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, there's, there's certain queens where, where we literally make the jokes where it's like, She's back there next week. She's going to do that song last. She's still not going to know the words. She's going to do yeah. that. She'll be there. So you guys are doing sort of a podcast on the series. It's called Perukentite. Did I get yeah. that Wig right? time, yeah. Perukentite. Uh, that's what? Wig time. Is that a pun? Is that just, you know, where did that name come from? It's actually, uh, you're, it's your ID. Uh, it's your ID, DGA. Explain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, basically, Prakutite is, is, is the wig time is basically, it's a reference from, I think, back in history, I think back in the Middle Ages uh, or a little later, the Renaissance, there was like a, a period in time that was called the wig time where there was, was a lot of that. So we use that. And also because me and Marco and our mysterious third co-host who's joining us in the fall for reasons that we cannot get into yet, um, I, I literally we're like if we're going to translate like one of those very iconic drag race puns it's going to be so terrible we're going to really by episode three we're going to hate each other <laughs> um, and that's i think what we're also hoping for with the show like we're hoping that they're going to keep certain things either in english or make their own mm -hmm. because i'm not ready to to get a dutch version of reading is fundamental the library is now open i'm like don't don't do that but <laughs> <laughs> well, even though your podcast is in Dutch, all the information stuff you have up on Instagram is kind of like bilingual. You can, you can get the gist, yeah, yeah. So you can yeah, follow definitely. it. And you made me feel so stupid when I found out that your handle is Drag Race Podcast. 
I was like, why did we think of it? Because <laughs> we were too focused the, on the had, pun. <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing. I was like on Instagram. I was like, okay, let's see who has Drag Race podcast. I was like, nobody has drag. <laughs> what is happening? The world implodes. And, and we've actually uh, uh, gotten a few behind the scenes phone calls, you know, already about our podcast. Because basically, to give you a little bit of the story, we uploaded a minute after the official announcement was made by RuPaul. Oh, my God. But, um, um, you know, basically, you know, speculating on who the queens were, who the host was and everything. So we've been in touch. And literally the first phone call, I literally texted Marco and I'm like, they're going to sue us for that name, aren't they? They're going to sue us for that handle. Um, which they haven't. So, yeah. No, so go follow them at Drag Race Podcast before they have to change the name. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so thank you to GJ and Mark for popping on the phone there. Yeah, absolutely. It was lovely to chat to them. And I'm kind of excited to see what it's going to be like as the first like non-English version of the show mm-hmm. and the official one. And it's exciting to hear that like to hear it's all like all been recorded kind of like during this weird period and to see if maybe there's any kind of covid impact in like the way that the the challenges are put together it'll be it'll be an exciting show to watch yeah there has to be a face mask runway in one of the franchises absolutely i'd like to keep it on please i mean i swear to god if they aren't doing that in season 13 i don't know what they're i don't know what they're doing <laughs> i might start submitting my cvs to producers in these shows I mean... <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you for listening today as always we'll be back with you on saturday for another episode of drag race canada bye, bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.